Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From rather uncomfortable fiendish relationships to hugely disturbing father-daughter feuds. These are those times when Vince McMahon probably should have stuck with good guys versus bad guys. Hi, I'm Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling and here are 10 wrestling storylines that were much darker than you think. Quick content warning, things are obviously about to get a touch dark. Number 10, Beaver Cleavage. The Beaver Cleavage character was already plenty dark. If you didn't live through the WWF of 1999, here's a quick prime. Headbanger Mosh with his partner on the shelf was repackaged. You see, Vince Russo was a genius because he had an idea for every wrestler. The idea here was to repackage Mosh as Beaver Cleavage, a riff on the lead young actor from the 1950s sitcom Leave It to Beaver. The twist is that Beaver Cleavage wanted to shag his mother. He made various innuendos in his vignettes, saying things like he wanted mother's milk with his cereal, and wiggling his eyebrows suggestively. The storyline was even darker than the vignettes, before it was retconned. Vince Russo has indicated, though not confirmed, that the idea was for Beaver to gross his opponents out by necking on with his mom, who was actually his girlfriend, and capitalize on the distraction to win. The story was retconned because it was gross, but then it got worse. Turns out the girlfriend, Mariana Comlos, was a lying Jezebel who lied about Mosh violently abusing her. So the fake incest angle was actually yet another disturbing women are inherently awful and manipulative angle. Great. Number nine, the fiend's relationship with Alexa Bliss. In the summer of 2020, The Fiend began to prey on Alexa Bliss, using her as an instrument to get into the psyche of Braun Strowman. She was terrified at first, but over time, Bliss stopped The Fiend from applying the mandible claw and stroked his face. When asked about this strange connection in a sit-down interview, she said that The Fiend, while scary, was compelling. In this love triangle, Bliss chose The Fiend, and they developed a relationship. They were firmly aligned together as heels by the end of the year, during which time Alexa Alexa Bliss underwent a bit of a transformation. She wore her hair in pigtails, she started playing on swings, she even debuted her Alexa's Playground talking segment. As her connection with the fiend grew, who lest you forget romanced her to incite all of this, she adopted childlike characteristics. In WWE's defense, even Vince McMahon at his brain wormed worst wasn't stupid enough to book the fiend as a shoot child molester. What probably happened here is that, as is often the case with Bray Wyatt, the act drew heavily from horror cliche, and by portraying Bliss as the spooky child trope, WWE unwittingly cast The Fiend as a, well, you know what. Number 8, The Undertaker vs. Big Show. Can you even remember The Big Show and The Undertaker's 2003 feud? If you do, it's likely you remember it primarily as the failed vehicle of Nathan Jones' push. But what drew Taker to a convict? What did they have in common? Well, the two were frequently programmed together to no lasting effect. They never created anything particularly good together. Indeed, when you put their names side by side, the first thing you're likely to remember 
remember is that Time Taker told the story of taking Sho into the desert as a test of his ability to survive. In 2003, in a further pretend bid to request forgiveness from The Undertaker, whom he had thrown off the stage and was out for revenge, Sho revealed his latest taunt. He had asked Canyon to serenade Taker with a rendition of Culture Club's Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? This was pretty disgusting. The idea was reprehensible. Sho wanted to annoy The Undertaker, and this idea was basically, you hate gay stuff, don't you? Who wouldn't have this dead man? This led to Taker with a brutal, unprotected chair shot, even by his unprofessional standards, ostensibly committing a hate crime on national television. And he was the babyface. Number 7, Austin vs. McMahon. Everybody loved the Austin vs. McMahon program, even if you weren't a blue-collar worker in America. Austin's cause was relatable. Even if you were a generally well-behaved kid at school and didn't feel the need to rebel against your parents, he was the most entertaining act you'd ever seen. He swore he was funny and his matches were broad, frenzied brawls that didn't demand much in the way of concentration. He worked his matches in a way that unified the audience. The intensity, fire, and catharsis were palpable no matter which stage you were at in your wrestling education. The thing is, though, the story had an unhappy ending. Yes, Austin's stunning McMahon endured as a running gag late into their on-screen careers, but they were mostly nostalgic skits that unfolded outside of the storytelling canon. The real ending? Capitalism wins. Austin sold his soul to the devil, manipulated into betraying his principles for a cursed reward. Number 6, Steve Austin's Heel Turn Throughout 2001, the WWF overcorrected with the terrible idea that was the Steve Austin heel turn. Austin had peaked as a babyface, but The Rock was venturing elsewhere and while Austin was cold, he was still hotter than everybody else. The grim truth is that everything had peaked. WrestleMania X7 is held aloft as the end of the glory days, but they were already gone. The build was salvaged by a video package. Because the heel turn, despite being performed amazingly well, did not work. The WWF tried to portray Austin as a remorseless sociopath. Nobody loved to hate him. He wasn't an expert slimeball who cheated the faces with cunning. He smashed people over and over again with steel chairs looking thoroughly miserable. Steve Austin, Steve Austin wasn't remotely entertaining. Before a second overcorrection turned Austin into a clown, who failed to generate any meaningful heat for a second consecutive time, one victim of his disturbing assaults was Lita. Bleak at the time, it is significantly darker in retrospect, equipped with the knowledge of his abuse of then wife, Deborah. It's an underreported aspect of Austin's legacy. While it isn't a contest, and all domestic abuse is reprehensible, the horrific depths to which Austin actually went are too often glossed over. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Number five, the exploitation of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie's exploitation was, of course, reprehensible enough in itself. WWE seemingly upset that Eddie went and died on them, for Christ's sake, booked Rey Mysterio to be his proxy to capitalize on the very real fan emotion. He was still alive in the heart of Rey, who, avenging Randy Orton's unconscionable cheap heat shtick, won the Royal Rumble match and subsequently the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania 22. Designed to pay tribute to Eddie's legacy, the whole thing was grim exploitation fair that sought to disassociate fans from the awful industry machinations that led to his tragic, untimely demise. He lived on through the characters, eh? Except he didn't, and the grim underbelly of a bleak industry played a not inconsiderable role. Ray's unbelievably terrible form after WrestleMania darkened the whole thing yet further. He was a terrible world champion in the fiction, doing jobs in six minutes to Finley on random editions of SmackDown. It was as if Vince completely forgot what the grim point of this run was, and realized to his disgust that Mr. Mysterio was tiny. Rey Mysterio was booked to carry on Eddie's legacy and as a failure at the exact same time. Number 4, MJF vs CM Punk. In the morality play that is North American pro wrestling, in a functional promotion, good triumphs over evil and the crowd is sent home happy. The hero often lives long enough to become the villain and back again when they're too entertaining to jeer, which rather undermines the premise to be honest, but that's what it is because that's what has always worked. The seminal MJF vs CM Punk feud went deeper than that though. At first, the dynamic was timeless and incredible for it. MJF was the mouthy a-hole of a heel, CM Punk the hero prevented from getting his hands on him. The tone and pacing of the program was superb. Over the holiday season, Punk chased MJF around the entire hard cam side of the arena in a fun physical comedy bit. But when the time for levity was over, those repeated references to Roddy Piper paid off when Punk, in an incredible line, asked MJF to be his valentine with a dog collar in hand. The story took an astonishing twist when MJF revealed that he first extended his hand to CM Punk in a beautiful mirror of the moment that sparked his journey into wrestling because he idolized him as a young fan. Punk was his haven from a tormented life in his formative years. Even after MJF revealed himself to be a snake, it was difficult to receive him in quite the same way. At his core, he is still a troubled innocent fated to be a monster. This was dark because you didn't watch a villain receive his comeuppance. You watched a bullied child masquerading as a villain as a defense mechanism. It was as thought-provoking as wrestling gets. Number 3, Vince McMahon vs Stephanie McMahon. The Vince McMahon vs Stephanie McMahon match at No Mercy 2003 was unfathomably entertaining. As America as wrestling ever got, the deranged circus of a program will mostly be remembered for the pay-per-view match. Vince's terrifying bulging eyes and the sheer preposterous cruelty of his control sequence. That Vince by virtue of being an amateur was so clumsy, enhanced something you felt guilty about enjoying. His lariats were ghastly. The match is a concept unto its was ridiculous. The silliness on the stage obscured the darkness at its core, though. In the wider storyline, it was revealed that Vince ordered an underage Stephanie McMahon to allow him to facilitate certain business deals, which was a barely coded euphemism for Vince pimped his daughter out. This was disturbing, and WWE being WWE, they didn't even pen a happy ending. Vince won, and his increasingly bleak reign of terror continued unabated. The optics of Vince's character in the ruthless aggression era were grotesque then, and far worse 
now. Number two, Vince McMahon's ruthless aggression character arc. Throughout the ruthless aggression era, Vince McMahon became a grotesque parody of himself, and he was effectively a grotesque parody of himself in his resting state to begin with. He romanced Sable, and by romanced, he stuck his tongue so far down her throat that it was as if he was attempting to pump alcohol out of her stomach. He tasked his subordinates on the writing staff with coming up with funny names for fake ailments as pretext for him to touch up Candice Michelle on national television. That way, a gross manipulation of a power dynamic became a what is Vince McMahon like a moment. He booked himself as a camera so that he could get an intimate POV upskirt shot of Stacey Keebler. But it was funny, harmless even, because he did a funny orgasm face. He did all of this on camera as it would be revealed last year. He wielded his power to a vile and harrowing extent off screen. You'd think it was impossible for such a hulking beat red a-hole to hide in plain sight, but here we are. Number one, the Kane and Lita saga. Many point to the necrophilia angle as the lowest ever ebb of WWE's storytelling. It wasn't even the worst story they penned involving Kane. In 2004, Kane fell for Lita. While the word rape was never uttered aloud on television, the Kane character raped Lita. She was romantically associated with Matt Hardy on screen, who was the presumed father of her unborn baby. But it was revealed that the baby was Kane's. This is why Lita attempted to lull Kane into choke slamming her. She didn't want the baby as she never agreed to conceive it. She wanted to miscarry it. Instead of reporting the incident to the authorities, WWE had the capital idea of depicting Lita as property when Kane won her in a till death do us part match at SummerSlam. Lita later turned face alongside him in 2005. This is in fact the worst storyline WWE ever broadcast, diminishing the trauma of sexual assault because another less overheel, less liked by the audience, punted a fake baby. Putting smiles on people's faces, eh? Lita forgave Kane because he sat by her bedside after the procedure. It was the gentlemanly thing to do. Chivalry isn't dead, but WWE's conscience died a long, long time ago. And that's our list. Know of any other wrestling storylines that were much darker than people think? Let us know all about them in the comment section right down below. And don't forget to like, share, and click on that subscribe button while you're down there. Also, if you like this sort of stuff, then please head on over to whatculture.com and find some more fantastic articles just like the one this video you're watching right now is based on. I've been Gareth from What Culture Wrestling. Cheers for clicking on this particular video. Now go and enjoy more What Culture Wrestling goodness and have yourself the best of days. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.